Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to the Lonely Old Josh Show, as Harley is still away playing bass on a ferry boat between uh, Hull and Rotterdam at the moment. So he's away for seven weeks, so you're stuck with me on your music podcast by musicians. This week, we have some news about Live Music Fund has been announced to support grassroots venues and artists, and it was announced right here at the Smokehouse in Ipswich. Uh, We've also got... um, Millennials apparently are twice as likely to listen to albums than baby boomers. Seriously. Uh, right, so we'll go into that a bit more. Uh, we're also going to be, uh, well, I'm going to be telling you about sync licensing because a lot of people keep coming up to me saying, what is it? So I thought I'd actually just talk about it a little bit. So before I get to that, oh, and we've got music. We have got some amazing music. Uh, we've got some music from the wonderful The Mefs, uh, fans of Do- Horrible Dolphins. It's the same Lily. Um, Hot Tramp, as well as uh, brand new music, as in nobody else has heard this yet, uh, from Hope Ahead. Um, yeah, uh, I'm really excited for you guys to hear this one. It sounds really, really good. Um, and also, we've got the Lamplight Club. They've got a brand new single out as well. So, all of this is happening. Oh, it's all amazing, isn't it? But first... What did I do? Uh, oh, what, should, what did I do? Well, what didn't I do, ladies and gentlemen? Um, recently, uh, well, I'm so I'm a music teacher... As well as a professional musician, you know, live and in session and stuff. Um, but so during the week, I do do a lot of teaching in schools and privately. And now the thing is, uh, that can be quite intense. So a lot of the time, I uh, previously had been going to rock schools on the Monday after doing the show here, and then so I'd be there until it's about nine o'clock. And then after that, on the Tuesdays, I'd be doing a, a primary school and then doing private lessons after that. So I wouldn't get home until about eight-ish. And then Wednesdays, do the same thing again. Thursdays, even earlier and even later. <laughs> uh, and then it would be Friday, Saturday, gigging. And hopefully Sunday, have a rest. But sometimes I'd be gigging on Sunday. And it just got to the point where that was just not very sustainable. I mean, it was making me money, but... Uh, I just didn't get enough done and uh, and yeah sort of weren't getting enough gigs booked because I was focusing too much on lessons and rather on the live performance so I've staggered it now that um, I only do lessons in privately or outside of school on sort of off weeks so this week I'm, I'm quite excited as much as I love you know pri- my private students uh, I've got a week off so I've got sort of after school time from three o'clock onwards just to do my own work so writing and uh, and, and recording and stuff like this um, so yeah I'm excited but last week was my busy week because it was fortnightly so uh, last week I had um, some very interesting lessons because we've got a performance coming up for for Moreland uh, the C of E primary school that I work in uh, in Gainsborough we um, are basically doing a a production of Macbeth at Snape Maltings in March, and they want to have the um, our amazing music students up there and performing in front of the kids, uh, in front of all the other schools, etc. So I've got I'm tasked with getting them to sort of play and to the to the sort of standard that's needed. So we've got um, we're doing Lust for Life by Iggy Pop, which I'm doing a backing track for, um, so that so that we can have some different lyrics to it and stuff. And also we're doing uh, Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush. So it's all about sort of arranging those. But we've got a band together now, which is great. So all these kids are years four to six. Um, so you've got sort of kids about eight or nine to about ten. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, and 
one, uh, so I've been teaching one of them drums. And frequent listeners to this show will know I am not a drummer. I am a guitarist and bass player and singer. That's what I do. Um, and so, yeah, I, I found in the back of the library in this in this school just a very busted up old electric kit. I think it's an Alesis D drum. No, D kit or something like this. Um, missing the pedals. So no kick pedal and no hi-hat pedal. Um uh, luckily there were some sticks and it doesn't it didn't work um I, thankfully to west end music i think they found a way for it to work i just had to buy a different power supply um but because of that i was able to introduce these kids that had never even seen a drum kit into how to play one so you know they can play it just as well as I can, you know, and they've never seen a drum kit. I've got, you know, I've gotten a bit better now, though, because of being able to just sit there and like, explain to them the drums and also, you know, the sort of the rudimentals and the fundamentals of rhythm um, that I've noticed I've started getting better. So that's good. That's the great thing about being a teacher. So if you know something that other people don't, teach it to them because you'll you'll find out more about it yourself. Um, so, yeah, we've actually got ourselves a band put together. So we've got two guitarists, we've got bass, we've got drums and cajon. Um, so it's going to be amazing. I'm so, I'm so excited about that. Uh, and uh, I'm just really proud of them. I'm really proud of them because, you know, a lot of a lot of people, once you get to sort of like high school age, you know, sort of 13-ish, you say to someone, uh, do you want to do you want to play in front of thousands of people in a in a venue you've never been to before? They'd be like, no, anxiety, much, no thanks. Um, but, you know, the primary school kid, they're just like, yeah, <laughs> that sounds amazing. Uh, so I'm just, uh, I'm sort of trying to, absorb a bit of that energy there because you know i'll play in front of anybody but it's it's try is trying to sort of convince people that that it's what they want to do it's it's in their best interests it is quite hard so just getting that you know taking on some of that enthusiasm from my students is, is really helping me with that what else did i do then i mean oh yeah so there was an interesting thing that i've been doing for my guitar students my private students um and yeah, and my students at Rendlesham have been has been to analyze famous guitar solos, um, trying to find nice and simple ones. Um, more, not so much just for the fact of, oh, I don't think that they can handle anything harder, but more just the fact of let's look at it and see why it's good. So, you know, if you've got Come As You Are by Nirvana uh, or if you've got um, The One I Love by R.E.M., very simple solos, but we can learn them quickly and then we can analyze the techniques they use listen to it and think okay what kind of touch are they using there are they are they doing a bit of vibrato are they doing quite soft how hard are they playing with the plectrum and yeah so that's been really fun i've tabbed them out if anybody here is really interested in looking at that let me know you know i mean i'll probably have to do a competition here so that <laughs> so you see it's worth it but yeah that would be really interesting to see what you guys think if there are any famous guitar solos you think that some of my students would really benefit from learning uh let me know i've been i've already been going through uh one of them ollie he is uh he's 10 and uh, he's learning Hotel California at the moment, and he is nailing it. <laughs> that is not a simple one. That one, that one, it, there's a lot to remember that for that one. And there are a lot of concepts to go through, especially with arpeggios and sort of chord harmony and these different sort of double stop bends and different positions because it's, it's mostly in Dorian, I believe that solo is. So it's kind of trying to get, get his head around it. So we, then we sort of uh, going into modes after that. So, yeah interesting stuff i'm really enjoying teaching those solos because it's making me go back to it and then also making me analyze my own playing and it may be a simple solo 
but if you like if you just play it simply you don't make it sound very good if that makes sense so yeah that's been really fun to do what else have i been doing well i mean the very important thing was that last week was independent music venue week or just independent venue week absolutely amazing week it was just like a a festival all over the uk just supporting local music venues but also local acts um and people touring as well it, it was absolutely fantastic um i went around to three different events last week i, I could have gone well i couldn't for, for some you know because i was busy but there, i could have gone to a night every single night of the week which is just an amazing thing to have in january the reason for it being in january is just mostly for the, the thing of january is a very slow month for a lot of people uh, and especially venues uh, venues can find it very very difficult to stay open in january uh seeing as everybody spent all their money over christmas and new years and just completely spooged it and now they don't know what the hell to do with themselves so they just stay inside because they've got saved money um and by doing this by having a funded uh independent venue week um from places like you know the bbc you get the opportunity to open the doors of these venues on nights of the week they might not usually be open and times of the month when they might not usually be open. And the great thing is that it's payday week last week. So everybody was out in full force. Um, yeah, it, it, it was really special. Um, I started off on the Wednesday um, at the Steamboat Tavern. That was uh, put on by Out of Time Records, uh, Chris and the guys and Ben. Um, and it was all about library music now library music is really really interesting library music the film um just involved so many djs producers uh, recording engineers and musicians it is uh, if you if you haven't seen it you've got to watch this film it's a documentary just basically about soundtracks or music for visuals that may never have actually been used. Now, the idea of library music is that musicians, if you're a great composer, or if you're just a composer and you, and you just want to get ahead somewhere, or you just want your music to go and be used for something, a lot of the time a musician will write a bunch of stuff and uh, record it and send it off to a publisher, a record label, um, or you know a sync rights. And we're going to be talking about sync rights a bit later. Now, uh, the... The important thing for it is is that they just write something in a mood. And the interesting thing you see on the on the vinyls that they you know these people were collecting, this is all stuff from like the sixties, the seventies, eighties onwards. Um, it would just sort of say dark mood on it, something like that. It, there wouldn't really be a name for the track, and it was never really meant to be something that had vocals on it sometimes, or ever to be heard by anybody away from an image. So it would be for filmmakers uh, or just you know catalog um, you know, makers looking through it just trying to find certain sounds for certain moods in their films because a lot of the time you know filmmakers they may not really have the most um the most budget that they want <laughs> the most amount of budget they want so it, you know for music for their film instead of having to sort of go and hire a composer and then sit with them and sit there and say these are the kind of vibes i want to hit uh, and these are the scene changes so i need you to be able to move it through this instead they'll just go for some ready-made music that's not in anything else it will just be um for video so they'll go to sort of catalog artists publishers etc 
and they'll they'll look through these kind of like you know track listings just saying dark mood or or you know bright and lively and they'll just be like ah that's the kind of vibe i want so we'll go for that uh, so really really interesting some of the some of the uh the musicians in it were just so well renowned some of the songs in it you didn't know that you knew so much like the ones from grandstand down 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 i think that's grandstand isn't it um no that's what was the other one i did i think that was um match of the day so that was the same sort of thing there's like the snooker one or was that darts again <laughs> it's all this stuff that oh what's another one biker grove that one's fun or um or grange hill you know all these sort of theme tunes that you are that you have stuck in your head but do you know who the composer is I mean, if you do, please let us know, because that'd be really interesting for everybody listening and for everybody uh, watching on the on the Facebook Live. But it's just stuff that you're like, oh, I never actually thought that that person uh, would make a bunch of money off that because it's getting played all the time and they would get royalties from it. So, yeah, very, very interesting film. Thank you to Out of Time Records for putting that on. Thank you to Steamboat for putting that one. Um, that one was courtesy of Independent Venue Week. And it was a really nice sort of networking event as well because Dan Harvey of the Ipswich Creatives uh, Facebook group invited loads of people there to come along. So if you want to know about these kind of things in the future and if you want to just come along and meet other musicians and just talk about you know what you do and projects you've got coming up and, and, and sort of skills that you need from other people... Um, yeah, check that out. That'll be really interesting for you. Um, I'm going to carry on a little bit more talking about my independent venue week. But first, I'm going to talk to you. Well, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to let somebody else show you some real sounds. Real sounds. Uh, this is a tribute to fake news and all the stuff that's come out just telling us a bunch of lies. This is the wonderful The Mefs. Uh, this is called Get Real. That's a two-piece. That is a two-piece. How can that be a two-piece? That is the Mefs with Get Real, available on Spotify, iTunes, and all good streaming platforms. And if it isn't, it's just not a good streaming platform, ladies and gentlemen. So, yes, uh, you can check them out this weekend. If you stick around for the gig list, I will tell you where the Mefs will be playing. And you will be very, very glad if you go see them. So, uh, yeah, what else did I do over the weekend? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, On the Friday... I was. It was a last-minute thing because uh, I knew I was going to be teaching, but I didn't know for how long. And then I had a cancellation, so I knew that I had my Friday free. And so I was able to wangle myself a ticket. Warm Doucher were playing at the uh, the Smokehouse. If you haven't heard them, uh, be you know get ready to get your mind blown. They're in- <laughs> it's so weird. I love them. Um, but yeah. Thankfully, EMF, uh, friends of the Harley and Josh show, and uh, the amazing Dingus Khan were supporting. Uh, Dingus Khan, uh, some members from Superglue there, and Groff. And, uh, and yeah, just Dingus Khan is just amazing. They're a, such a great band. And EMF, uh, Earth Mother Beepers, they are just so fun. Um, Rick Baylor, shout out. Uh, his son-in-law couldn't make it to the gig, so I uh, snapped up his ticket and went down. And, you know, that's the most fun you can have with your clothes on for 11 quid. That was just mental. I mean, it was just crazy noise for about three hours. 
and uh, <laughs> and also some very interesting personalities with microphones. That's just great because you know Friday was the the Brexit day, wasn't it? So it was a nice little thing of being in that room and not thinking about it. I mean, the the the, the bands were sitting there going, "Oh, we got two hours until we're no longer blah blah blah." And uh, <laughs> was it Bruce from EMF? It was hilarious. He was sitting there going like, "So." We've been told we're getting it all back. We're getting getting things back that we lost before we had the EU, and because uh, you know because of all the laws. So uh, uh, in the seventies, uh, uh, I was mugged, and uh, they took ten quid from me. So I'm going to be getting that back. Uh, also uh, later later on in the eighties, uh, I had my purple chopper was nicked. I'm going to get that back. <laughs> and it was just amazing. Because he had such a great rapport with the audience, was making good jokes, they were topical, but it wasn't so much to the point of like, I don't know, it wasn't making a political statement, it was just it was like, we're here, we're having fun, we're watching some live music, and we're just going to have a party, let's just put it out of our minds that, you know, some of us might be unhappy about this right now. 48% of us might be quite unhappy about it right now. Um, so... And probably about 80% of that gig was quite unhappy about it, to be honest. So anyway, uh, so that was that was great. I mean, Warm Doucher, I'd heard them on Six Music before, and they are like the epitome of a band that don't judge until you've heard them live, because they were just incredible. It was just this weird funk punk with a bit of rockabilly involved in it, uh, with some weird rapping over the top of it and these weird synths. Um, definitely check them out, and if you get a chance to see them live, it's it's quite an experience. It's, it's you know, especially with uh, Lewis's lights that he was doing there, nice one, Beard FX, um, and and to Gareth Sound, who was there all week. Gareth, well done, mate. Uh, I don't know how you're alive. <laughs> doing the sound for pretty much every single gig um and then on the saturday was the gig that i'd been looking forward to all week i was so so happy that they came down luminous bodies came down uh to the steamboat on saturday night courtesy of declan allen thanks deck um absolutely great show uh the lineup itself was incredible as well so that's two nights i had th- uh, you know amazing lineups of three bands this yeah so it was bad stone the amazing jamie and jake from this from the punch studios here um they it's doom it's just doom and stoner metal with a little bit of sort of like yeah just sludge and just fuzz and it the way jamie's bass like sounded it was like a a, a, like a multiple squadrons of b52 bombers taking off at once it was just incredible um and it's just really slow no vocals all instrumental just loads of smoke that was jamie's thing he brought loads of smoke machines and there was loads of green light and it was just ethereal absolutely ethereal um so it was them then ghosts of men and uh cleggy singer and guitarist has got himself some in-ears and i've got to say it's some of the best performance i've seen ghosts of men do it was it was so well done. It just shows how in ears are so valuable to a musician. Being able to have you directly what you're playing directly into your ear, right? Um, and just being able to hear an honest opinion of what you got going on out the front of house, just coming straight back to you, so you know what you need to adjust, what you need to get better at, what you can sit on, and that's fine. Um, uh, yeah, for a vocalist, it is so so useful. Um, just for that feeling of uh, of knowing you're definitely on the note. Because uh, there's so many times I don't have monitors, um, not by principle, just because they're expensive and I can't afford them. Um, and so I've always just had to be have earplugs in and just hope and pray that it doesn't sound super flat out front. Um, and 
sometimes it can really negatively impact your performance. So if you are performing music regularly, I really do recommend getting yourself some in-ears. Um, you can get some ear defense free. Uh, well, I don't think it's free. You get at least 40 quid off um, through the Musicians' Union. Um, and via the NHS, I believe. So that just protecting your ears. And sometimes you can adapt it so that you can put in-ears in there. So they'll be specifically molded to your ear and it will work really, really well. So if you are suffering with that live and you're a bit like, uh, monitoring is not going well for me, then that might be your way out. Uh, so well done, Cluggy. That was that sounded really nice. And obviously adds... Um, um, just from you know blasting it out staying super in time nice nicely drummed nicely drummed indeed and i got a shout out on stage so thanks i <laughs> uh, don't go there for just to be an egotist but it just ends up happening um yeah and uh so that was absolutely killer really great show because then luminous bodies came on i was surprised actually because last time i saw them, there were two drummers and now they've got a new drummer um from two to new i mean it just happens um but they put on a great show, really nice because it was an intimate venue that I could go and talk to them as well. And I'm a bit of a fan. I got the T-shirt, all that sort of stuff. Got the new album um, as that's getting released uh, next weekend. Um, listen to Choices by Luminous Bodies. We played it last week on the show. Uh, it's just great. You, you've really got to check that band out. If you like your metal, if you like your, your stonery, noisy, doomy rock, um, check them out. So, yeah, that was, that was really fun. And what was the last thing I did? Um... I think that was the last thing I did. Sunday we just sort of chilled out and with severe headbangers neck. And uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. Headbangers neck is a real thing. I was talking to Jason Noble uh, from the East Anglian and the Ipswich Star about this. And we think that it should be a reason that you can get it off work. Um, yeah, it's an illness. It's an illness. Headbangers neck and I'm still suffering today. Speaking of headbanging... Let's listen to some amazing, amazing music. This is by Hot Tramp. This is one of my favourite ones. I've been listening to a lot of Rockabilly recently. Duh. Um, and these guys just knocked this one out of the park. This is Kitty Kitty. That was the incredible Hot Tramp with Kitty Kitty. And we're playing with them this weekend, this Saturday at the Steamboat in Ipswich. So you need to check them out. You really need to check that album out. Trust me, it's so good. Anyway, before that... News. Live Music Fund announced to support grassroots venues and artists. And millennials are twice as likely to listen to albums than boomers. Seriously. Music news. Right, sorry. Uh, <laughs> serious stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about the UK music scene. As per usual, this is what I do. Um, Live Music Fund has been announced to support grassroots venues and artists. Uh, thank you to Jason Noble from the Ipswich Star and the East Anglian. He gives me a good scoop every week of what's going on locally. So nice one, mate. You should check out his articles online and in the paper. Go on, they still exist. Um, the Arts Council has launched its £1.5 million supporting Grassroots Live Music Fund in May last year. And this week, as part of Independent Venue Week, pledged a further £1.5 million. So there's another £1.5 million going to venues across the UK. Uh, the fund helps replace old equipment, support promoters and booking and aid accessibility for fans and performers alike. It can go to anything just to help, you know, keep these places open. Uh, the council unveiled the la latest wave at the Smokehouse in Ipswich. Wood, wood. 
um, which has already benefited from the Arts Council cash to promote local artists. It has. Uh, the Smokehouse Live sessions are great. You can apply to be part of them. Um, yeah, just go on the website. Um, Smokehouse owner Joe Bailey said... We are. I'm trying to give my best Joe Bailey impression. We are so pleased to hear of the extension of this fund. It provides incredible opportunities for venues and hardworking and ambitious promoters across the UK to build and strengthen scenes and attract bigger audiences. <laughs> I can't keep this stuff. He's going to kill me. Uh, the fund is particularly important in supporting live music in places such as Ipswich, which suffers from a lack of live music infrastructure. Very true. We do suffer from a lack of music infrastructure. It, last week it was the Steamboat and here that were doing the independent venue week thing and we should have had loads more venues doing it there were there were other venues putting on gigs but it wasn't as part of independent music you know, independent venue week so um so this comes off the back of uh, you know the government uh, cutting um business rates for venues uh, a week ago uh, so 230 uh, small to medium sized venues across England and Wales will welcome a 50% decrease in business rates which is set to save each venue an average of about seven and a half grand a year so there's loads of really good stuff happening across the board for the music the UK music scene um, so that's all good we've got funding you know we've got funding and business rate cuts and so these venues will be able to breathe for a bit but that doesn't mean that we can rest i mean that's that's a lot of people's fight has created a victory there right so from the music venues trust and the musicians union um uh, yeah music venues alliance that kind of stuff it's it's they've they've won stuff there but that doesn't mean the the war is over the battle has won been won but the, the war is not over so that means we still need to be going out to every single gig that we can well you know if you want to i mean don't just get forced out because you just to be miserable while you're there, so you're not fun to play to but get yourself out to these places if you are passionate about music and you do love your music um just get out there and you will love it trust me i mean you'll you'll meet people I don't even talk to you guys about it. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, so let's do a little bit more news because, uh, yeah, this this is a really interesting thing, okay? Um, millennials are twice as likely to listen to albums than boomers. Now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are some people that won't like me saying the word boomers over the over the radio waves, but, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're all called millennials and, or what was it, Generation Y or something like that, because we're supposed to be saying, why, why should I? So, yeah, that's that, that, we've been slurred enough times. Um, so 8,000 music fans, an even number of American, Brazilian, French and German individuals were interviewed for the survey, which also revealed that 54% of adults listened to fewer albums than they did five to ten years ago. So half of us aren't listening to albums as much as we used to. Um, Strangely enough, I wonder why that is. Uh, in follow-up questions, respondents were asked why they weren't listening to, uh, not necessarily buying more albums. Um, so, yeah, because, I mean, that's the reason why we're not listening to albums as much. Ten years ago, what didn't we have? Spotify. What didn't we have? Apple Music. We can so easily just listen to singles now that we will, or playlists. Uh, some cited the quality or lack thereof of contemporary albums, and approximately 40% of survey participants said they favour playlists. Additionally, more than one-third of listeners aged 55 and up claimed to f prefer single songs over both playlists and albums. So people of the generation before us, um, well, before before us, not Gen X, before that, boomers, um, are much more likely to listen to singles and to uh, just pick out one song, listen to that, maybe over and over again, or just the once because they had it stuck in their head, um, which I do that. 
I definitely do that a lot. There's so many times where I'm just like, oh, I can't get this song out of my head. And uh, if anybody here has ever had a, an earworm before, you know what I'm talking about, then, you know, sometimes you just got to listen to it and sometimes it gets out. The weird thing about earworms is that it's um, it's mostly because of incomplete data in your head. So if you can't remember the lyrics for a song, then usually it'll be stuck in your head for ages. But if you know all the lyrics, then your brain treats it as a completed task. So it, it, it's done and it sort of like puts it in the archived, archived folder or whatever. So yeah, back to playlists and, and all those. So only 9% of those surveyed said that they enjoyed listening to albums more than playlists and songs. Very interesting. And a study released last year, also performed by Deezer, uh, the, the streaming service, indicated that about 15% of those under the age of 25 haven't listened to an album at all. At all. <laughs> Never listened to an album. Um, and that is, you know, it's reflective of a lot of artists nowadays just releasing singles, just releasing EPs um, and gunning more for playlists than they are for, you know, for putting a full album together. So with these numbers in mind, the album's decline may be attributable not to its faults, but to modern streaming's many options and ample convenience. So, yeah, there are a lot less albums out there. And this is kind of a self-perpetuating prophecy there that albums will be declining because, you know, music fans keep saying, well, some cited the quality and lack thereof of contemporary albums is what the, the article's saying here from Digital Music News. Um, so... I don't know. I, I think there have been some incredible albums in the past couple of years, uh, and especially in the past decade. Um, think about Awaken My Love uh, by Childish Gambino, Prequel by Ghost. Um, uh, Elbow's last album was absolutely incredible. There's such good, there's so many good albums coming out. Um, the Pixies' most recent album was really good as well, actually, if you haven't listened to that one. It's, so there are great albums out there. Fontaine's DC, The Murder Capital, Idols, all of these bands have great albums. But I think the playlists are much more at the forefront of these streaming websites. So I think that's probably one of the problems um, and why the album is having a bit of a downfall is that playlists, if you're working out, if you're walking somewhere, if you're traveling somewhere, it's a, it's a great way to um, to have a, um, you know, a, a nice kind of mix of music not just having the sort of same kind of uh, same thing going on for a while which i really love doing that and uh, but i also do love having playlists especially for um for working out i love that just and especially if it's a new music one because i'm working out and i'm also here and you know finding out about new music um uh but i don't know there there, there is a problem there that we're not going to be you know giving it away uh, we're not going to be having these albums uh, out there in the future but I digress. What do you guys think? Let me know. Um, do you prefer a playlist? Do you prefer an album? Um, I, I specifically have been loving playlists at the moment because, do you know what? Whatever happened to the mixtape? Hmm? Whatever happened to actually sitting there at the radio and taping your favourite songs and then giving it to your your, your partner, right? Your spouse, whatever. You, you, you hear a song that really reminds you of them and then you give it to them. You 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 put a big collection of them together and give it to them. And uh, I realised that the other day that I had never actually done that for Frankie, my girlfriend. So I've made her a playlist. I made her a playlist on Spotify of all songs that I thought that she'd really, really like by bands that she probably hadn't heard of or that she had heard of but didn't know that they'd done stuff, um, you know, in different lights. So, yeah, made that for her. She was really appreciative of it. Um, she's found some new bands and she loved it. And she she's listened to it over and over and over again. So she's, uh, you know, and, and I, but that was all sort of one genre. I'm going to make her another one of sort of electronic stuff. 
So I really recommend you do that for your partner. If they've got streaming a streaming thing that you have a kind of count on, make them a playlist because it's it's very romantic, but it's also uh, it's so easy to do, and it's just it, it's it's actually really fun. It is really fun. So anyway, streaming platforms aren't all bad. They're good for the, the you know the music industry is still surviving thanks to them. And speaking of surviving music and amazing music, to be honest, um, I have got the utmost honour of playing this song for the first time on air. First time on air. It has been recorded by the amazing Hope Ahead. Thank you to Ash and John for sending this in uh, and to Tim uh, for playing the drums on this one. Um, And also to the amazing Rich Webb who plays for the Lockerbillies in all forms and the Buccaneers who are playing this Saturday at the Steamboat. Um, he He has produced this track and this is actually the first track that I've heard come out of his studio at Webtunes that um is is being released um other than you know that that i that you know that we did a buccaneers one there um but this is you know something that he's produced but has not been writing it so i am really excited for you guys to hear this one um we did play this uh, a demo version of this or a live version of this one from the bbc um uh, from the bbc suffolk sessions that they did a little while back um but this is the polished very swanky beautifully written up all night by hope ahead enjoy and Oh, just love it. That was the incredible, incredible Up All Night by the great Hope Ahead. Um, They are releasing that next week here at the Smokehouse on Saturday the 8th of February. No, I think it's no, sorry, this weekend, Saturday the 8th of February. with uh, support as well. So it's their, it's their first, they've got a headline show and this was only their second or third gig. Um, so yeah, nicely done guys. That's a great tune. Uh, so stick around uh, on their Facebook page to find out where that's going to be released. It will probably be all over Spotify, etc. Um, and yeah, be very important um, to, to see what that sounds like live because they, they are, and they're also just lovely guys. So yeah, anyway, so well done, guys. I'm going to be talking about something interesting now, and I would like for you guys to give me some feedback with what you would like to know about next time. Jingle. It's it's. Oh, that was Harley's voice. Oh, that was really sad to hear him. I need to I need to hear some more of his voice before I talk about this. What? Okay, yeah. Oh, oh, I miss you, Harley. Um. So this is a new a thing that people have constantly been talking to me about is what is sync licensing. So the music industry's fastest growing sectors, this is, it's, it's, okay. So I was talking about library music earlier about um, people writing for soundtracks, etc. And yes, musicians will just write stuff and put it out there and it will be used for something. But what that something is, you don't know. And how you get paid for and how you get, you know, the contacts for that is kind of, or comes under the umbrella of sync. So what started with YouTube uh, now encompasses big budget productions on Netflix, Disney+, Plus, HBO Go, uh, not to mention a continued stream of games. The operative word here is synchronization. So there's where sync come from, if you didn't, <laughs> didn't get that, guess that already, uh, which refers to the time-perfect matching of video with audio. I mean, in this case, music. I mean, it can be audio. So, you know, like I was saying earlier for library music, they'd be writing 
you know, kind of songs with structures uh, without vocals, but it can just be a droning synth. Uh, it can be just a, um, a sound effect. It could be anything. Um, so at its core, a sync deal uh, requires at least two parties. So that's what we're talking about here is sync deals. So it's, it's, it's you know, how does that music get from, you know, you writing it and recording it to it being on the screen next to, you know, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, oh, wait, no, that was actually a panzer tank. Um, so the production company in charge of the visual, i.e. the movie, the TV show or commercial, and the content owner, i.e. the musician, songwriter, publisher, record label or other entity owning the music. Uh, these are the people required for the deal. Um, so, you know, it, the, the great thing about nowadays is that we can self-publish and we can self-record so that we don't have a load of sort of steps in between us and the filmmaker. Um, it's much less. So it's important to notice uh, that sync licensing is completely different from other music licenses. So uh, Spotify, for example, uh, it does not require sync licenses to deliver its music streaming service. And it does not match music to visual content. Uh, so it doesn't need a sync license. Uh, similarly, venues, uh, malls, this is an American article, venues, um, you know, shopping centers and stuff like this, or, or anywhere, you know, sort of if you go to like a clothes shop or something like this, um, where they've got trendy music playing, elevators, um, they're not signing sync deals. They're, they're doing performance deals. So they, they kind of, uh, yeah, so it's like that's where it comes under PRS. Um, so the same goes for, uh, for for radio as well. So when I play stuff on here, um, that's that's considered a performance. It's not, you know, it's radio. So, you know, you, you, you haven't got any visuals apart from, you know, here with Facebook Live here. Um, so anyway. Sync also offers significant opportunities for independent artists, uh, songwriters and composers. The reason is that music simply has to fit. It doesn't have to be a hit. That's the great thing. I mean, you, you know, you'll see a lot of uh, films. Um, I, I, the one that I can think of off the top of my head was Suicide Squad for some reason. But, you know, they had Bohemian Rhapsody was in that one. And, uh, and you know, it was it's a, it's a hit, but it fits as well. Um, so that comes under Sync. Um, it's not written for the specific thing. It's just a song that works with the visuals, right? So it still needs a sync license. It's not a performance. Um, a chase scene might need a rapidly moving drumming sequence with intense instrumentals. A rom-com could use something with a light-hearted guitar and a breathy singer. Uh, and in the case of the latter, that breathy singer could easily catch fire if the film... I'm um, catch fire as in get bigger, not actually catch fire. Uh, oh, um if the film or TV series is popular enough, anyway. Um, even crazier, major advertisers often break early stage indie artists simply because their music offers a fresh sound to prospective customers. I mean, if you think about it, like, you know, you're putting a new product out there. Um, you don't want to particularly be using the same music that Sainsbury's is using on their adverts, uh, you know, from an artist from 20 years ago or something like this. It's good to sort of use something that people haven't heard before on, you know, in the perspective of, of a marketer or a company, because if that gets stuck in their head, they're not going to be trying to think of anything else but your advert and, and your company. So it's it's like it's like getting a ready-made jingle, which then goes out and gigs, <laughs> right? I mean, how often do you ever see somebody doing the McDonald's jingle live? But you know, if you see there's there's an artist has been on an advert and suddenly they're they're out there gigging, that's only going to help the brand. I mean, unless they go out and, you know, do some 
crazy drugs and, and break the law multiple times and then blame Sainsbury's for it or something. Um, but, you know, I digress. If, if they're, they're out there gigging and they're playing the song that's in the advert, then people in the, and some people in the audience are going to be like, oh, it's the Sainsbury's people. Um, other supermarkets are available. Um, so, yeah. I'm not actually obliged to say that. I just, I just, I need to remind myself that because I shop there too much. Um, any artist with ownership over a piece of music can structure a sync deal, so you don't have to be a, a super whiz or a, or a solicitor. Uh, there are no steadfast rules on who can make this handshake, though artists are typically entering sync deals via a music publisher or catalog, uh, music supervisor or sync platform. So you know it, it, it's easier to get these kind of things if you do pay a publisher. They will take quite a big chunk, though. Um, so uh, a music publisher is a company that works yeah so if you don't know what a music publisher is it's a company that works to maximize the value of a piece of music so it's they're kind of a go between like an agent um through a variety of licenses and deals they typically acquire the rights to a catalog of music so if you ever heard of Warner publishing they just buy up catalogs of artists and that artist will sort of get a big lump sum and then you know the, the Warner will 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 then take the the, the licensing from there um so they typically require the rights to a catalogue of music or sign a deal to administer the rights to that music. Uh, in each case, they take a sizable fee, but promise greater access to heavyweights at major Hollywood studios, uh, advertising agencies, sports networks, online platforms, gaming platforms. That's a huge thing nowadays, right? These days. Um, yeah, these are people, things that... You know, we as general public don't really know that, but a music publisher will know how to get in there and and, and talk to them. So once a song is identified, enter- <laughs> once a song is identified for a possible match, I'll get my teeth around that one somehow. Um, the negotiation process begins. In every sync license case, a song contains two key rights: the master recording license and the publishing license. So the master recording license refers to the actual recording which the, while the publishing right refers to the underlying composition so like the notes and the and the, and the lyrics. Um, both are required for a sex, successful license which often means that multiple parties are required to cooperate in order to successfully uh, <laughs> successfully license a song especially if there are multiple writers and publisher. So that's the great thing. If if you have self-recorded something, I mean, think about Billie Eilish, right? She's doing the new James Bond theme. She, her home studio costs less than three grand. Um, so, and she owns, you know, she records it, does the rights for it, and owns the rights for it, um, as well as her brother. Um, so she could quite easily make a huge amount of money if they, she just went straight to, um, you know, a sync licensing deal because she doesn't have to pay off for a music publisher um, or, you know, the record label. It would straight be just the deal the, and, and you know, the money goes to you straight away. So I don't know. My advice here, right? I mean, I've done, I have written some stuff that has been used in YouTube adverts and stuff like this. It's nothing that made loads of money, um, but just something that just helps everyone to know. I'll get a tenner in the, you know, in the post. <laughs> yeah, people do that. Um and, uh, you know, it's, so it's something in it. Um, so my advice was that write a lot of music, just write a load, just do it in a bunch of different styles, genres, um, emotions, uh, think about a film in your head and write music for that, right? Uh, record a lot of music and get a publisher and or talk to a music supervisor uh, as to who might want to use that. I mean, start off locally. And then if you, people find out that you are good at it, then the bigger, bigger names will want you. Um, if not, Try centric music. Centric music are quite good. Um, they're quite good for getting performance rights, but also they offer up sync deals. Um, you know, people that are looking for something, it will just sort of say needed rock tune uh, to go with a car advert or something like that. And you just 
put your music up for it. Um, they put up briefs all the time. So anyway, there's some there's some top tips for you. Uh, if you if you like that, let me know. Um, I can do some more top tips and things like that, or just you know, just you know anything that you don't know about that you think I might know about. Um, try and keep it musical. <laughs> there's not much I don't know I know about that isn't musical. To be fun. Um, so yeah. Anyway, let's get on with a very important part of the show, which everybody knows and loves. It's the gig list yes uh last week i really did have my work cut out me and bronwyn um thanks for coming on bronwyn um we had a lot of gigs to get through but this week not as much as it's not independent venue week but there still is some amazing amazing stuff going on so first uh shout out to amy rag she has been a guest on the show before she is putting on words and verses at the manor ballroom in, in ipswich that is this wednesday the 5th of february if you're listening on the podcast you're too late mate you gotta listen to it live on the radio so Here's what it is, right? It's Ipswich's only and longest running, apparently, spoken word open mic night. It established in 2012. Uh, it's free entry, and it's now at the Manor Ballroom on the first Wednesday of the month uh, for, for March, February, and April. Um, all words welcome. Rappers, poets, comedians, storytellers, all ages welcome. Fully accessible, and uh, everybody gets five minutes. So if you've got something you want to test out first, yeah, get down to that. That's this Wednesday at uh, the Manor Ballroom. Next, we have uh, Friday the 9th, uh, Friday at 9 o'clock, sorry. That is at the Black Horse in Ipswich. There is the Blood Shake Chorus. Now, I'm going to really try and get along to this one if I'm not teaching too late um, because they're, they're like, they play all the kind of stuff that I love, rock and roll, rockabilly, uh, badass stuff, um, but they're all dressed up as like zombies and like scary clowns. It's going to be great. So that's the Black, Ho- Black Horse uh, Friday at 9 o'clock. Uh, next on Friday which is the 7th by the way not the 9th um, at Coda Colchester we have Crooked State Ben Brown Luke Fisher and The Meths who we played earlier you can check out their song Get Real on Spotify etc um, that's for raising money for charity that one so check that one out in Colchester on Friday uh, also at Friday on the oh yeah in Colchester as well that's Three Woes Monkeys in Colchester is Connor Selby uh, with support Connor Selby's good blues kind of stuff he's a great guitarist so if you like your vintage stuff check them out uh, also on Friday um, Joe G good our uh, mate Oh, mate, Joe, uh, or old, old Joe, um, he's got some support uh, at the Brewer's Arms in Ipswich, just over the road from here. Um, that's eight o'clock. Um, that is like a warm up to the gig they've got the next night at the Brewer's Arms. Nice one, Andy, for putting this one on. And for, to Darren as well. Nice one, Darren. Um, Dave Stitch, Girl in the Gale, Super Merger, Morin Scale, J7, and Jack Hammond. They're playing at the Smokehouse um, after, you know, this is. Uh, this is on Friday still, by the way. This is Friday. Um, so that's the, the Smokehouse. So if you like your sort of like dub, your bass, kind of EDM, IDM, anything that's kind of got like a nice kind of crisp hi-hat to it, um, check that out, the Smokehouse. Now the next night, here we go. Now we're on Saturday. We've got Extinction Rebellion gig. Uh, Robin Dick is putting this on. It's the Shrew artwork. Um, the Right Honourable Sir Venegar of Hesselink, OBE. Um, Morin Scale and Lee Turner. Plus much more cool. So Morin Scale, I've got two nights of it. Nice one, Andrew, from Ipswich Gigs. Check out Ipswich Gigs. Um, this is, Actually, I've got most of my gigs today from Ipswich Gigs. So if you don't know Ipswich Gigs, get on it. Get on it. It's so fun. Uh, there's just so many things you wouldn't know about if he, had, if he didn't put them up there. So thanks for doing that, mate. Um, now, also on the 8th, 
right over the road. So this is the great thing about having the Brewers Arms here at the Smokehouse is that you can have like a little mini festival, right? Especially these like, you know, a lot of stuff's free entry at the Brewers Arms. But if you're just sort of like in between bands while they're setting up or whatever, you can pop over here to the Smokehouse to see the amazing Luke Fisher, Alison Marchant and... Oh, the Titans that are Hope Ahead. Hope Ahead are playing here at the Smokehouse on Saturday. I won't be able to make it because I'll be playing as well. But good luck, guys. You can check out their song um, Up All Night live. And yeah, you, you won't regret it. Trust me. So get yourself down here on Saturday. But I have got a conflict of interest here because the the most the, the best place to be this week is the Steamboat this Saturday. Because Hot Tramp are playing. And Jason Buccaneers, which is my band. But Hot Tramp are playing. And they don't play around here that much um, anymore. It's they're, they're, they're sort of, They've gone on to pastures new, gigging all over the world. And uh, yeah, you've got to check this new album, Rock and Roll Philistines. It's just killer. It is such a killer album. Uh, and seeing it live, they reproduce it completely. It's, like a, it's just almost exactly like it sounds on the record. So uh, if you like your dirty, dirty rock and blues, uh, come to the Steamboat this Saturday. Um, and yeah, support Hot Tramp, but also come and see me, little old me, who's, who's t- talking into your ear holes right now. I can sing into your ear holes on Saturday night live um, with my band, JS and the Buccaneers. Uh, it's Tom McCarthy and Rich Webb, who produced that Hope Ahead song you heard earlier. Um, it's, it's just, it's so fun. It's just all drinking songs, old stuff from like the 1500s to 1600s and stuff you wouldn't expect to hear from a folk pirate band. Um, so if you want to dress up as a pirate, I mean, you should. That doesn't, I mean, today, you don't, don't have to for the gig. Just do it today. Just do it. go to work, go to work, dress as Blackbeard, you know, or, you know, why not? It's just, just enjoy yourself, but mostly bring it along Saturday. So, that comes to the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you know, as per usual, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much to all the guys here on the uh, on Facebook Live. Quickly before I go, I do have to shout out the game this week. The game this week has been on point. It has been seriously on point. Um, yeah, I, I can't I can't choose a ring. So, so the, the game this week was insert a Suffolk location into a band or artist name. Thank you, Chris Burness, for this one. Uh, that was your idea. I'll start with this one. It was Skid Rowestoft. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, Mike Ray, shout out to you, mate. That was Otley Crew. <laughs> um, my mum came up with the beautiful Southwold. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Laura Locke. And my dad, Graham Locke, uh, came with the Balaam City Rollers. That's 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 where he lives. So <laughs> was uh, Rebecca Bewley, Krista Alderborough, <laughs> Alderberg, sorry. Uh, I've got to say that probably there. Um, oh, Shane Kirk, Ian Milden, um, the Trimley St. House Martins, <laughs> Flatford Boy Slim. That's very good, Wilfred. Um, Nigel, you've got so many good ones here. Uh, Frankie goes to Hollywood Bridge. <laughs> uh, Shane Kirk, Ronnie Sizewell, Gareth Patch, who did the sound here all week. Dizzy, uh, Dizzy. As in 